Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Take note. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take note. That's life. People see themselves after they're able to retire off of their jobs and get that watch and start collecting pension or whatever. They see that as life. But that's not life. Life is very unique. And I love it in the Greek because when you come from the Hebrew to the English, which is our Old Testament, you lose approximately three words. In our Brit Shahada Shah or our New Testament, you lose approximately two words in translation. So now watch this. When you see the word life in English, you just see the word life. But in Greek, they knew that it had four distinct definitions. Are you still here? So Jesus says, I am come that they might have four distinct experiences. The first of those is eternal life. Say eternal life. You understand eternal life. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, at that moment, when you became a believer, he now gave you the gift of eternal life. We find that in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Say, I have eternal life. Now, you have that if you're a believer. If you're not a believer before this experience is over, I can guarantee you one thing. You will become a believer so that you can receive that free gift, eternal life. Which means as believers, we're never living to die. We're living to live again. You didn't hear what I just said. We're never living to die. We're living to live again. That's why you can't kill a Christian. That's why even in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was talking about Christians. He said, and some of you sleep because when you're a Christian, you can never kill me. The most you can make me do is go to sleep. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, which means I'm just getting caught up on some rest. But now here's the second definition. It means one who is possessed with vitality. One who is possessed with vitality. You look at the word vitality, you see the word vital. You think of vital signs. But vitality is not life itself. But watch this. It is the capacity to live. You you, you missed it. Vitality is not just being alive. It's the ability to live. Uh, Here's another way of saying it. It's the power to endure. Which means God says, I am come that you not only have eternal life, but you have the power to endure some stuff that's going to make you feel like you want to lose your mind. That's going to make you feel like you want to throw in the towel. He says, I've come that you have the capacity to live. Because everybody that's living doesn't have the capacity to live. That's why when they get hit with a tough circumstance, they go and they become a recluse. And they lock themselves in the houses and they shut the blinds and they close the doors. Why? Because while they're breathing, they not yet have the capacity to live are you still here the third thing the third thing it means the absolute fullness of life both essential and ethical the absolute fullness of life both essential and ethical so here's what God says I have come that you may have not only what you need that's essential 
but that you'd have what's right for you to have. That's ethical. You, you missed it. Not only what I need, those are essential things. You need food. You need clothes. You need, you need, you need, you need housing. You need all those kinds of things. But he says, I've also come to give you what's ethical, what's right for you to have. Now, now, if you were taught that God somehow is sitting up just mad at you and angry with you and is just waiting to get rid of you or something along these lines, then this concept is going to be difficult for you to get. Because the thought that God not only wants me to have what's essential, but God wants me to also have what's ethical, what's right for me to have. The question becomes, well, then what's right for you to have if, if there's nothing right inside of your flesh? That that's where you have a fundamental misunderstanding about what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, what he did was he imputed his righteousness for us, which means we were sitting in a seat of messed up, jacked up, couldn't do nothing right, wasn't never right, this, that, and the other. That's where we were sitting. On Calvary, what he did was exchange his seat with our seat. That's why the scripture says he's made us to sit in heavenly places with him, which means I deserve what's ethical or what's right for me, not based on me. It's ethical for me to have based on him. Did you get that? It, 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 the fullness of life, both essential and ethical. Now watch this. The fourth thing, it means vigorous, devoted to God. And I like how it sums it up in Greek, blessed. Vigorous, devoted to God, and blessed. Now, vigorous, again, is unique because it's like vitality in that it is the capacity for survival. The capacity for survival. Uh, another word for it is energy. You've you been around somebody, and the time you've been around them, your energy is totally sucked out. And, and they call on the phone, and you don't even want to answer the phone because you know this is getting ready to take everything up out of me. Could it be that you're talking to somebody that's breathing, but they're not Zoe? They're existing, but they're not Zoe. Because watch this. If you're in Zoe, everybody that comes around you should leave with a report that I came from around them. I got so much joy. I, got, I didn't understand it when I walked around them, but I got so much peace. That's why people contact you. Stop thinking it's because you got all the answers. They contact you because they're trying to get some of your Zoe. But if you ain't got no, okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am come that they might have Zoe. Now, now watch this. He came that we may have it, not that we would have it, which indicates there is a choice. I think one of the most irresponsible gospels that's ever been perpetuated uh, in modern times, in contemporary times, is the gospel that says when Jesus paid it all, and he did, that that automatically means we don't have to do nothing else. Just walk in what Jesus did. Well, what does that mean? Because Jesus ain't balancing checkbooks. But he gives me the capacity to, okay, I, I wish... It's irresponsible for someone to suggest that if once you receive Jesus, all of a sudden you don't have to do nothing. You just wake up and pray and just worship all day. That's irresponsible. Because the scripture, Jesus says himself, do business till I return. Make something happen until I get back. Why don't you stop trying to die to get over there and do what I said, bring the kingdom down here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say it's a choice. Now, 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 now watch this. All of Zoe, now there's four definitions, right? 
distinct. All of Zoe requires action on our part, not works to earn it. We're not trying to earn something that he's paid for. But what we're doing is we're putting action along with our faith. Why? Because what we believe is found in what we do. And what we do confirms what we believe. It's disingenuous to say, I believe God wants me to be a millionaire and you only have one bank account. You don't believe that. Because if you believe that, you know you can only insure those bad boys up to $250,000 apiece. Which means if you believe what you said, you'd be at the bank opening up three other accounts. And they'd say to you, well, why are you doing that? And you only got two and three and four dollars in there. Just say, listen, don't you worry about that. God's doing something. Well, sir, we need a minimum of $10. Well, here go your $10. And God... It's disingenuous to say, I'm believing God for a job, yet you don't send your resume anywhere, and your excuse is, well, nobody ever calls me back anyhow. That's because you believe they won't. Are you still here? Now, now watch this. What we believe is found in what we do. What we do confirms what we believe. Now, watch this. Check this out. Remember the first definition of Zoe was eternal life. Now, now how did we get that? You must believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God sent Jesus to die in our place, uh, at, at that confession, what? You shall receive eternal life. What's that? That's an action. You didn't get saved in your mind. If you haven't yet, we're going to get you there. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. I just did it in my heart. You can't do that. The scripture gives a very specific set of actions that you are to con- believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's what? Action. Say action. Now, now, now. But that's only one-fourth part of life. And yes, we celebrate that one-fourth part of life. But that's why so many people are frustrated because they're living a quarter of what's in them. And when there's more in you than what's coming out, we call that frustration. Another word for it, constipation. And some people are mean and have bad attitudes and can tinker with spirits. Why? Because they're spiritually constipated. They got three-fourths in them that ain't coming out. And it ain't coming out because they ain't trying. There's no action. Somebody say action. Now, 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 look at this. Look at this. Look at this. When we say the best is yet to come, we're saying, Lord, we are thankful for it. Are there any thankful people? For eternal life. No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm not worried. If I was to exit earth today, I'm not worried about it because I know to whom I belong. We're thankful for eternal life. But when we say the best is yet to come, we're saying we want to see everything that you suffered and died for, not just 25% of it. If he went through everything Mel Gibson said he did, if he went through all of that, and it's still a maybe. I'm going to be on the side of the getters. I got to say it in life. I got to say it in life. I got to say it in life. I go with the goers. Which, which means this. If you want to sit around and talk about what you're going to do, that's good for you. But if you want to sit around and go make something happen, let's go. Touch your neighbor and say, are you a goer? Are you a goer? Because you got to learn how to go with the goers. Say Action. Now, 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 when we say the best is yet to come, what are we saying? We've already defined the best. I am come that they might have zoe. So the best then that you can experience and I can experience is what? Zoe. So when we say the best is yet to come, we're saying my other 75%. Yeah. 
is yet to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 to see Zoe or to see the best, you ready for this? It's going to be so simple. It's going to be so simple. You must know and use the power of a list. Uh-huh. I, I knew I threw somebody off right there. You, you're saying, well, don't I have to do this? No, no, no. To, to see Zoe, which is the best, you must know and use the power of a what? A list. <laughs> That's your name. Say, stick with him. Now, 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 watch this. It's just that simple. This is not hard and complicated and, 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 and tough arithmetic. This is not calculus. This, this, this isn't all of that. Watch this. A list is the most basic and essential tool needed to administrate and accomplish anything. When you go to the grocery store, you have a list. And how many people know every time you go in there with no list, you end up buying all kind of stuff you did not intend to buy? When you go into the grocery store with no list, all of a sudden now you've got too many options. And so you can't pick which, so you get both. But when you have a list, what are you able to do? You're able to focus on those things that are the most pressing to you. Say a list. This is real simple. I need you to get this. A list, a list, a list. In your daily life, if you're, if you're a work in business or anything along those lines, you have a list of things you are to accomplish that day. And if you don't have a list of what you accomplished, you go into work and you feel totally lost. You don't know what you're supposed to do. And you get to the end of the day and you feel totally defeated. Why? Because you had no clue what you were supposed to accomplish that day. At school, they have a list. They have an attendance list to make sure everybody is where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. And if they're not, they can do the appropriate follow-up. Say a list. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If you want, how many people you want to see the best in your life? Zoe. Okay. All right. Zoe. The all, all 100% of it. Not just the eternal life part. We're thankful for it. But we want to see the rest of it. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. There's three lists you got to make. Three lists you have to make. This, this is going to be so simple, it's going to take somebody to mess it up. It's so simple, it's going to take somebody simple to mess it up. Don't mess this up. Now, now watch this. These are lists that I've not only done personally, but we've done with our church leaders as we prepare for these, this new year. And hear me, this isn't about New Year's resolutions. Because how many folk know we resolve to do a lot of stuff You know what, this year, you know what, this is going to be different. Then you say, this is my year. This, well, listen, every year is supposed to be your year. How is it not your year? You here? Well, whose year is it? Your cousin? I don't understand. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, watch this. New Year's resolutions don't work because it's event-based. When this happens, when the clock strikes this and this happens, I'm going to do this. That's an event. Watch this. Zoe and the list we're talking about are a lifestyle. A lifestyle, watch this, creates habits. Habits determine your future. Events come and they go. This, this, is, the reason why, this is the reason why many times when people do things that are event-based, they don't necessarily work. Let me give you an example. If, if, you, if, you, uh, if you get and you're doing an event-based thing, say, for example, it's because you want to get in shape. And it's an event. 
And you say, uh, you know, it's, it's a 30, days, 30 days to a new body. Now, you may get your new body in 30 days. But because it's an event, all of a sudden the old body come back. You didn't make lifestyle. I wish there was somebody in here. You didn't make a lifestyle change. And that's what happens for so many believers. That's why if you weren't here last week, you got to get the teaching from last week because you can't be dualistic in your approach. There can't be a Sunday. The best is yet to come to you. And then a Monday through Saturday, you, well, I don't really know. I don't really know. Listen, it's got to be the best is yet to come every day. Zoe's coming every day because this is not an event. This is a lifestyle, which meant I wasn't coming here to enjoy praise and worship. I was praying and worship on my way here. Why? Because worship is my light. I wish there was somebody. These are not resolutions because they won't work because it's an event. This is a lifestyle change. A lifestyle approach. And this deals with the existential things. Now watch this. Watch this. Here's list one. You ready? The stop doing list. The stop doing list. In other words, what can you simplify in your life? What I have discovered about many people, many people, uh, is, that, is that throughout the year, many people start things, but they finish few. They start many things, but they finish few. And it's all right, you're amongst good company, because while your neighbor's sitting here looking deep and spiritual, they got some stuff they ain't finished either. Go on, nudge up and tell them, you, you ain't, you part of this too. Tell them, you part of don't be sitting in here trying to look deep and spiritual. You got a list of stuff now. You ain't finished. Don't sit up in here trying to. <laughs> now, 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 now watch this. Some people then become unreliable because they're not pursuing Zoe. They're pursuing their own plan called the buffet. What's the buffet like? You got a lot of everything, but you do nothing well. See, this isn't spiritual. This is existential. This is dealing with Monday through fr- Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I miss, and even on Sunday, every day of the week. Uh, most people live a buffet life. It's it's like it's like it's like country buffet or Golden Corral. Now watch this. They're doing so much they can't do everything well. It got real quiet there. Now, I'm not trying to offend you if you're a buffet uh, regular. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. You know everything they got up in there ain't, ain't hitting on just quite all that. Yes, I said, no, baby, put that back. Put that back. Don't mess with that. Don't mess with that. Now, that's good. Don't touch that, though. And so you go thinking you finna tear it up. You finna throw down to only get chicken and biscuits. Go went to Popeye's for that. A buffet life means I do a lot of everything. I'm doing this, 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 I'm going to do, I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna do, but you do none of that well. And I need you to know, as believers, God wants us to do things well. Oh, God, I didn't expect it to be that quiet right there. What, what, watch this. Here's how you get to the stop doing list. What are you doing that you're only doing because you don't know how to stop it? What are you doing that's not part of Zoe? What what are you doing? Because when you discover those things, you'll figure out the stuff you need to put on the stop doing list, the simplified life list. 
And what happens is, for, for many people, many people underestimate the power of simplicity. Simplicity is a very great and powerful tool. I use Apple, for example. I have recently converted everything I have over to Apple products. Now, I'm not saying you should do that. That's what I needed to do. Part of it is because the cloud wouldn't sync right with PC. But anyway, uh, so, so I, I recently converted to all Apple products. And, and here's what I discovered about everything Apple. It's simple. It's so simple. Ain't no this and that and go over here. It's just right there. Simple. Hey, my, 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 my last cell phone, I'm, I'm on the phone a lot because we, we do a lot around the country and, and our missions and all this kind of thing. And so I'm on the phone a lot. And my last phone, every time I'd be on that phone, it talked about how I was out of storage. And I said, I ain't done nothing but talk. How is my storage low? Okay, back to the message. I just was venting. Say simplicity. The most elegant things are simple. Simple. Say it with me. Simple. I have a big sign in my office that says, keep it simple. Because as human beings, our normal proclivity is to get very complicated. And so we end up being a buffet rather than a Ruth's Chris. You end up being a buffet. Well, you got a little bit of everything. But guess what? When you dilute your quality, you also dilute your value. What are we doing that's not part of Zoe? As a church, we've spent the last year doing one thing, simplifying. Say simplifying. And, 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 and there's some things I'm going to tell you about that, that we're going to stop doing and that we're going to change. And, and one of the things that, 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 that we're going to stop doing is we're going to stop the traditional approach to youth ministry. That's what we're going to do. Here's the traditional approach. Here's 99.99% here's church approach to youth ministry. Here it is. You ready? Get a youth pastor. Youth pastor gets some lights and some fog and some neon lights and this kind of stuff and snap into the anointing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. They get some props and they do this and all that. And you got a bunch of young people that go in there. But there's not necessarily any measurable growth in the students. It's just a bunch of them in there doing what they did that day at school. That's the traditional approach. As a youth ministry for years. That's, that's the traditional approach. The traditional approach is get them out the sanctuary. We're trying to get the word in here. Put them in there. Well, my question is, is why are they any less part of the church? Okay, I ain't going to get nobody to say nothing. Why are they any less valuable than the adults sitting next to them? Because I'm here to tell you, it's a lot easier. If I can get them while they're young, it's going to be a lot easier than getting some crazy jacked up somebody that think they know everything that don't know nothing. You know, know nothing, know-it-alls. So, 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 uh, our student leaders, and I want to say this, have done an incredible job and will still play a vital role in the life of our church. But I believe it's time for a paradigm shift. I just need four of y'all to agree. Maybe at 11, they'll agree with me. <laughs> it's time for a paradigm shift. It's time for a change in that approach. Because you want to know something. You want to know something, believers. Can I be honest with us real quick? It, you know, believers are very, are very, are very short-sighted in a lot of stuff they say. Because you'll get up and say, anti-abortion, anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage, anti-this. Well, you need to tell the Christian girls to quit having them. Maybe that's too much for Sunday, but I said it anyhow. Before you want to judge and send folk to hell and have your rallies and pro this and pro that, you need to get your daughter up out of there. 
Because over 60% of them are committed by born-again Christian girls whose parents didn't want to be embarrassed at church. It's a bit short-sighted. Bit, 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 it's, a, it's, it's, it's a bit disingenuous to say, well, blah, 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 all of this. And, and, and yet we don't even deal with it with our own young folk. Because church folk become so used to faking it until they make it that they don't even, they can't. When you fake so long, it becomes real. Okay, y'all, okay, all right, all right, that's cool. Uh, and, and so what we have to do is change and shift the paradigm. Because the statistics say nationally for our young people, and of course our church is all about, we're multi-generational, we're all about everybody. But the t- statistics say that there's no real impact just being made other than get in the other room, put on some fog. Hey, hey. That's cool. That's wonderful. But where's the change? Why is it that young people are more biblically illiterate today than when there was none of these other things before? Some of y'all remember you came up with me where there wasn't no such thing as kids' church and let alone youth church. It was you sat in here next to your mama. But I bet you you knew some Bible. You may have sat there with your lip poked out the whole time, but I bet you when Rev came up in front, good morning, good morning, sir, good morning. So what we're going to do as a church, we're going to try something. That's what we do. We're pioneers. We try stuff. That's what we do. And, and, and we hear God and we move with God. So we're going to do a paradigm shift. Can you say that with me? Paradigm shift. As a multi-generational church, we believe that our students deserve to attend the same high energy and engaging worship experiences as adults that will lead them to totally love God. Come on. Which, which means this. While the teaching is profound, it's still easy to understand and easy to apply. And it meets everybody where they're at, including students. And starting here on out, they in here with me. Ain't no us. And them, it's just. <laughs> it's quiet in here. Now, students will still come together to serve our missions partners and hang out, all that kind of stuff. But students are just as much a part of this church as any adult. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so that's one thing. So you got to make your stop doing this. For our stop doing this, we're going to stop the traditional approach. And we're going to shake it up a little bit. Amen. Here's the second list. Y'all all right? I'm almost through. Here's the second list. Here's the second list. It's only three. Here's the second list. The refocus list. <laughs> imagine, imagine that you are in a car leaving Miami. Beautiful Miami. Sunny Miami. Hot Miami. Palm trees right now in Miami. Never get too many direct hits, Miami. Imagine you're in Miami, and you're headed on a cross-country trip to Seattle, Washington. That's a trip. But you were smart. You did it, you did it at the end of spring. Not that bad. You got out of Miami before it got too hot, and you get into the West Coast before, you know, after the snow. All right, you with me? 
Now, imagine you're driving, and I don't know the specific highway that you take. I'd imagine you have to take a few, but imagine that you're driving, and imagine you get off on the wrong exit. Imagine you veer off course by one exit. Not only would you not end up in your destination, you would end up in a strange and unfamiliar city. What happens as people, we think we're just veering just a little bit. And then we end up in a strange and a familiar city because we lost our focus. A laser has great potential, but if it's not focused, that potential is for naught. Now, 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 now watch this. Where have you drifted from Zoe? Where have you lost self-discipline? What was working, but you stopped doing it? Think, think about that. Think about that. Think about that. Think about that. What was work? There's stuff we'll do that'll work. You say, I started this. This was really working for me. And then you stop it. And then somebody said, well, why did you stop it? I, I just stopped. It is a natural human tendency to drift. In Colorado, when you're driving your automobile, the roads have a natural bend that will make your car naturally drift. And if you're not in firm control of your steering wheel, you're going to drift over into the curb. Because drift is built into the road. You missed what I just said. Life is built automatically with spots where you will drift. And what you got to do is say, wait a minute, I got to refocus myself because I've been drifting. And it's a natural part because it's built into the road, but I've got to refocus. Somebody say refocus. <laughs> now, 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 as a church, we have a couple of things we're going to refocus. A couple of things we're going to refocus. First is uh, Men on the Road to Ish and Daddy's Girls, uh, which is an awesome mentoring and discipleship program. And we got a few students in this experience. Now, 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 the previous way we did that was it was something you graduated out of. And let me say, everybody, that's especially harvesters, that's something you need to absolutely be in. Because what you will discover is the scripture says, Amos 3, that the Lord reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Watch this, which means God keeps secrets about you. He only tells the man of God he's assigned you to about you. And that is why you can be sitting in an experience and every question you walked in here with, you can get answered without ever having to say anything to me. Why? Because there's some secrets that the Lord has revealed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it's very important, men on the road to Ish. Ish means, ish means men uh, in Hebrew, and then daddy's girls. And so we previously had that as something you graduated out of. But what we're going to do as we refocus that, what we're going to do is make that a continual thing. Where it goes on and on and on. Because here's what I've discovered. You're going to keep changing and growing and changing and growing, and life is going to keep making you try to drift, and this, and that. So, 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 so rather than it being something you graduate out of, it's going to be something that we walk through continually. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a couple other things that, that, that we'll talk about later on. The third list I want to get to you is the celebrate list. The celebrate list. Now, now this is a list that, that, that some people are on the extremes of. Either some folks celebrate too much, some folk don't celebrate enough. Too often we work, 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 and we rarely celebrate the victories. 
and here's the reason why. Many people don't celebrate because they, have, they feel that they would have regret if they later suffered a failure of any kind. So I don't want to celebrate now because if something happens where I fail in the future, I, I'd, I'd much rather be safe never having celebrated in the first place. Did you hear what I just said? Now, here's the question. Maybe you only had a couple victories in your life this year. That's okay. Celebrate them. Did you honor God for what he's doing in your midst? That's why at the end of every year, we celebrate our faithful dream team, the people that make harvest happen. What are you celebrating? You say, well, you know, I paid off that bill. It was only $50. You all celebrate that. Hear me and hear me well. If you cannot be thankful for small, seemingly insignificant things, don't look for God to do nothing great. Why would he give somebody ungrateful more of what they won't celebrate him for? It's antithetical to scriptural precedence. Did you hear that? Which means when they give you 50% off, you wasn't expecting that to stow. You celebrate it. When Excel says to you, listen, uh, we, we cut your bill by this much, you know, oh, that's nice. No, Father, I thank you. That's something I can now do something else with. And they've been stealing from me the whole time. No, I know I ain't used that much heat. Gas, rather. What, what, what is it that you should be celebrating that you do not celebrate? Because to you, it's seemingly insignificant. But God says, that's my litmus test to determine whether or not I'm going to do anything else for you. You find in the scripture that thankful, grateful people were often uh, propelled into places that they didn't qualify for, they didn't deserve, they didn't have the education for, they didn't have the know-how for, but, but, but because they had a thankful attitude. You look at David. David was a thankful man. Everybody uses David because he wrote much of the psalm. He, he's, he's poetic and he's, he's deep in his, in his approach to God. But David understood how to be thankful. He was a flawed man. He had lust problems. He had lying problems. He had the two L's. LL, <laughs> David, J. Anyway, anyway, and so, and so he had issues. He, he, he had issues, just like you and I. He got issues. And he said, God, I need you to help me with my issues. But you know what David learned how to do? David learned how to be thankful because David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when my own offspring is coming against me. And even when who I trust is coming against me. And even when I made a mess for myself, I'm still going to bless. I'm going to find something to bless God for. I may not have everything that I want, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm going to find so- I dare you to high five somebody and say find something. Find Find something to celebrate maybe your children aren't serving the Lord find something to celebrate they called you to ask for prayer let's celebrate that maybe you don't have the job you want you better celebrate the fact that you're not the 10% of people that don't have one so when you walk in there rather walking in there with sister girl attitude on and incredible Hulk attitude on you walk in there saying God I'm so thankful because it's a lot of folk don't have nowhere to walk into it's a lot of folk that woke up this morning and woke up with despair and with depression feeling bad but you've given I wish there was some believers in here I wish there were some thankful people in here the celebrate list what do you have this year that you can celebrate 
even if it seems small and insignificant, God says, it's my test to determine whether or not I'm doing anything else. To celebrate this. As a church, we've got some things to celebrate. 218 decisions for Christ so far this year. 714 decisions in five years. That's somebody's cousin, somebody's uncle, somebody's mother. That's something to celebrate. Those were atheists and agnostics and de-churched folk and unchurched folk and malnourished folk. That's something to celebrate. We got something else to celebrate. So far this year, over 6,000 pounds of food given away for free through our food bank because of your faithful tithing and offering and first fruits and serving. We got something else to celebrate. Over 3,500 articles of clothing given away this year. Got something else to celebrate. Our biggest back-to-school festival yet. We served over 1,400 people this year. Free backpacks, free supplies, free food, clothes, haircuts, all that. Over 64,000 people have logged on to HarvestCC.me this year. 64,662 to be exact. As of yesterday morning. And so many other great things that I'm going to be sharing in this series. I'm not only glad to be the pastor, I'm glad to be a harvester. And hear me, the best is not only to come for you, but the best is to come for us. I said the best is not only to come for you, I said the best is to come for us. I hasn't seen, it hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us. But I got a feeling the Spirit's getting ready to reveal getting ready to reveal some things. We built it the right way. We didn't lie to build it. We didn't steal to build it. We, we didn't mislead to build it. Stand on your feet with me. The best is yet to come. I'm going to say it again. The best is yet to come. Now, now hear me. You, you, got, you got some homework. It's real simple. You got to go make those three lists. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, okay, where do I start? Just, just start. Matter of fact, when you get in the car, just sit in there for two minutes. I know you're in a rush to go get to your buffet. But take two minutes and start one of your lists. Now, here's the question. I hear somebody saying, but, you know, I'm not really, I don't need to make a list. Me and the Lord just talk. Listen, well, then, how's that working out? How's that working? I'm not really into writing stuff down and making lists. How's that working out for you? Maybe it is working. I'm just, you know, I don't think it takes all that. I just think I just pray and just, uh, okay, well, how's that working out? It's amazing the things that people will speak against, yet what they have is janky. Let me translate janky. That is a Midwestern colloquialism that simply means not happening. Off track. Off beat. Got to make those lists. The stop doing lists. There's some stuff you got to stop doing. Ladies, there's some place you got to stop shopping. 
Thank you, Lord. There's a receptive spirit in the house. Husbands, there's something you got to stop getting mad about. Who put the Fruit Loops on the counter? You put the Fruit Loops up. Who moved that? You did. Even if you didn't, shut up and put them up. So I, I, I'm an equal opportunity rebuker. I got the ladies. I had single folk. There, there's some. There's some stuff. I stop doing. You know how, how you how you play that game, or you know they ain't right. You know they don't love the Lord, but you still play with it anyhow. You, you still entertain. You, 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 you know they ain't trying to hear nothing about serving God, doing right, but you still entertain it just because you don't want to be by yourself. And your mama asked you the other day when you're going to get married and when you're going to have some kids. And so now you try, listen, there's some stuff you got to stop doing. Stop letting uh, the mob rule your life. You need to occupy, want to occupy, so occupy your house. Occupy serving the church. That's what scripture says. Parents, there's some stuff you got to stop doing. You got you, 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 you to you gotta understand that you can get more done with honey. I clean that up. Than with vinegar. That, that ain't how they taught it to me, but we cleaned it up. Father, we honor you. Because we believe, Zoe, the best is yet to come. And we honor you because we know that your word shall not return to you void. Which means if you declared that we might have it, we declare that we will have it, shall have it. And it's so much bigger than money. It's so much bigger than stuff. It's the fullness of life, both essential and ethical. so much life that when we go around folk, they want what we have. Not necessarily materially, but they say, I want their peace. How are they so peaceful? How are they so joyful? How, how are they so loving despite all of what's been done to them? They don't understand. It's because we made a choice not to be 25 percenters, but to be 100 percenters. With your head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you're not entitled to that life. But you can be. If you don't know Jesus, you, all of what I just said to you can't quite apply to you just yet. But I'm going to tell you that you're one prayer away from that being able to apply to you. I said you're one prayer away from being able to see that apply to you. And maybe you need to join the numbers of them, the 218 already so far this year that have made decisions for Jesus Christ. Because he is the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. Hear me, there is no life, period, outside of Jesus. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. And if you're here with your head bowed and eyes closed, why do we do that? Because people next to you are making decisions that are going to affect their eternity. And we don't want them distracted or misled because they're worried about people. They haven't been taught yet how to deal with that. If you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Hear me, God's not mad at you. 
He's not angry with you. He's not trying to beat you up. He's not trying to throw you down. But hear me, if God didn't want you here, please understand, he's big and bad and powerful enough to where he could have got you up out of here. But the fact that you're still here and that accident didn't kill you and that breakup didn't stop you, the fact that you're still here is evidence that you got something left to do on earth. It's time to just stop breathing. Time to start living. But maybe secondly, you're here today and before you've given your life to Christ, but you've not been serving him. You, you're like that second list. You, you drifted and you haven't been focused on him. And so you've drifted and doing your own thing. But today is your day to come back to the Lord. I said, today's your day to come back to the Lord. And just like the prodigal son, when he returned home to his father, the father was standing there with wide open arms saying he was ready to receive him. And he didn't beat him up for all of his mistakes. No, you know what he did? He said, I'm going to give you everything that you should have had while you were here the whole time. So he said, kill the fatty cap. Let's have a celebration. Isn't it good to know that God doesn't throw up all of your mistakes in your face all the time? Just wants to celebrate. So if you need to come back to Christ. Today's your day to do that. Wherever you are, if either one of those is you, on the count of three, I need you to do one thing. I'm not going to ask you to come down front. I'm not going to ask you to turn your neighbor, confess your sin or anything like that. But I'm going to ask you to do one thing and one thing only, and that's lift your hand because there's something we need to put in that hand that's going to help you walk out your relationship with God. On the count of three, if either one of those is you, when, you, when we get to three, you're going to hear people around you shouting and celebrating and clapping. Because that's what they're doing in heaven. The scripture says when one returns, when one comes into the fold, all of heaven celebrating. I believe somebody's going to return and heaven's going to celebrate. If either one of those is you, right where you're at on the count of three, put your hand up. One, two, three. If that's you, put that hand up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see you. Keep that hand up. Keep that hand up. I see you. I see you. Come on, Harvest. Let's celebrate. Somebody's father, somebody's mother, somebody's uncle. Somebody's daddy. Come on, Harvest. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Everybody say this to me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sin before you. I thank you that God sent Jesus to die in my place because of this belief and because of this confession. I am, if it's the first time I've prayed this, born again. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life if I've been out of fellowship with you I return to you and as I draw nigh unto you I know you will draw nigh unto me the best is yet to come in my life my greatest victories have yet to be fought my greatest days have yet to be lived but I know I've got tools to create a lifestyle to see the best. Not just in 2012, not just in 2011, but every single day of my life in Jesus' name. If you receive that, you ought to celebrate God. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. 
Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.